Hello and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first week of August edition of Monday Night Football. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter. We always start off our show with a prayer. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. So God, thanks for letting us have a chance to have this show this week. Pray that um, we'll be able to um, really just not lose our focus on what our purpose here on earth is and that how we can use this tremendous gift of soccer that you've given us uh, in order to help build your kingdom. Please give us the... Uh, um, humbleness to know that we're not in this alone and that we need your help and each other's help in the process. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, everybody, um, I'm recording this first segment after I've recorded the second segment. And boy, what a wonderful second segment we have coming uh, to you. Uh, we have um, uh, really a great, great uh introduction to for a lot of you okay of coach thorpe and he's the director of coaching for louisiana soccer association um that just took over not that long ago and he brian thorpe is is really a person that um has a vision and 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 i'm hoping that his with his leadership we can have a catalyst of trying to try to move forward. We've come a long way in Louisiana. All you old timers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, um, we used to be the laughing stock of the South, okay? And uh, we haven't been really for the last 20 years, thanks to great leadership and the push of our clubs to become more professional. Um, but we still have got a long way to go. Uh, as suppose, you know, when you're talking about, are we putting our best athletes on the soccer fields? Are we putting our best athletes on the fields in Louisiana? You better believe it. Okay, look at LSU football's success. Are we putting our best athletes on soccer fields? And then what are we doing to develop those people? And is development just athletic or is development holistic? Okay, that's, that's a question that each club's got to answer in their own unique way. And we can't ignore the elephant in the room. And the word is money. Where's money going to fit in with all of this? Okay, who's paying for what? Where's the money coming from? How's the money getting there? Uh, a lot of these things uh, are major obstacles in developing a player in Louisiana. Um, and... And for those of you who say that high school is a solution, I'm a high school coach. Don't get me wrong. I, I love high school, but we don't have the kids under our thumbs long enough. I just got a chance to have uh, eight weeks with them uh, with all the work we could do with COVID, which is all technical. Uh, but now they're gone. Uh, it's illegal for me to work with them until October. And then when I get them in October, I got to say goodbye to them again in January or February. And then, you know, it's like a roller coaster. And it's not bad for the kids to get different different uh, levels of coaching and different styles of coaching. That's a good thing. So uh, really, um, um, uh, 
we all work together. I don't think one is the solution um, over the other. I would hate to see Louisiana get to the point where Texas used to be a couple of decades ago where a kid was not allowed to play high school ball. Uh, what a disservice to that kid. Um, but I don't think one is the solution over the other. I think we need each other. And and we've been having so much common ground, especially with, with Sean Esker and Chad Vadreen, of blending the two instead of working against each other, work with each other. When I first started coaching, it was club versus high school, period, you know? And I couldn't understand it. I really, I just cannot. And especially coming from an American point of view where you had football and basketball and baseball where kids didn't have to pay anything to get developed. And if you're a good baseball player and you're playing Babe Ruth, the Yankees are going to find you because they're going to they're gonna look for you. And uh, But soccer's not the same animal. It's not done that way in Europe. And um, and the way the way the model of soccer is, it's not like baseball and uh, football anyway. Although baseball is coming around to more of our model, um, and I would say that's unfortunate. Basketball's been in our model with the AAU program of coaches trying to develop um, their programs uh, and and try to convince a kid that it's only through them that they're going to get promoted in scholarships. Where uh, I think we really need to work together. Okay, so. Anyhow, Brian Thorpe is going to be on after our commercial, and he's got some really good ideas, um, at least some good starting points of maybe where we can go from here. And right now, I think it's a really good time for us to be able to be talking to each other because what else do we have to do? I mean, you know, uh, you can schedule all the games you want. You can't play till phase three, and we're going to get an announcement probably on airtime of this show uh, whether or not we're going to be in another two weeks of phase two and chances are extremely high we will be so while we're in phase two let's talk to one another uh, this zoom culture i think has been a positive thing uh where we, instead of meeting twice a year we should be able to meet constantly t during the year so anyhow i don't want to steal coach thorpe's thunder so stay tuned um uh, and we'll be right back talking to Coach Thorpe about where he thinks Louisiana soccer is right now in, the, in uh, August of 2020. Uh, again, I'm Coach Alan Derrida. I'm the head soccer coach at De La Salle for the boys and girls and also the director of coaching and soccer innovations. And we'll see you after the break. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. I'd like to um, welcome with a... With a Deep heart of gratitude, Coach Thorpe, for coming on board, the director of coaching for uh, uh, Louisiana Soccer Association. Welcome aboard, Coach. Uh, thank you very much, Alan. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of coaches are listening to this, and so we'll cut through uh, small talk and go right to it. Uh, uh, we have a great opportunity you're providing for us. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about it? Uh, yeah, so uh, we are, we've been trying to do a few webinars for uh, some, of, uh, some of our coaches uh, across the state in particular. Uh, we have Mark Nichols, who is currently the uh, director at uh, the new MLS club at Charlotte, uh, Charlotte United, uh, sorry, Charlotte FC. And um, he is the former technical director and academy director at Seattle Sounders. Uh, two-time U.S. Soccer Coach of the Year and uh, has been, uh, if you will, kind of 
one of the major factors for the success of Seattle producing over 23 first-team players. So we're, we're looking forward to him providing some insight in how to develop a, a club and how to brand uh, a club in terms of its style and identity. Okay, so when you talk about branding a club, what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think well, I think there's there, there's two elements to it, Alan. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's the marketing element, right? You know, the the educational informational element that you want to get across to the public, whether it's parents and so on. But then I think there's that internal element of branding, um, in particular, uh, you know, the coaching methodologies, right? Um, the, the style of play that you want to you, you want to be known for, and if you will, the the overall long-term development philosophy that you may have. You know what? I think to me, Alan, the the, the question always is to a coach is, <clears throat> how do you want to project your players when they're 17 and 18? So what are we doing at seven, eight, nine, and 10 to help define what that projection of player looks like at at 17 and 18? Okay, and so now you've gotten your feet fully wet here in Louisiana. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm kind of curious. Where do you think we stand as a state overall? Look, I, I think that here's the great thing about this state is that, you know, this state is a sport-hungry state. I mean, uh, I think everybody would agree. You know, you, you look at the, the value sports brings to people. Uh, but more importantly, you know, the, the, the fan base for every sport here is massive and it's large. And I think it's shown in, you know, not only at, at the collegiate level with LSU winning the national championship, but uh, even at the professional level. Uh, more importantly, you see the growth of youth sports across the state. <clears throat> um, so from my standpoint, really, I think we have, we have the major resources in terms of interest. The, the question now is, you know, how do we maximize those resources? And I think, um, you know, the difficulty is right now with the pandemic, Alan, it, it's much more challenging. Um, but I think leading up to that, you know, we were making some good strides in terms of uh, taking steps in, uh, if you will, education and um, potential outreach programs. So um, I guess to answer your question, where does it stand? I think the best thing to, to really to offer is that we we still have a lot of resources to tap into. So um, we're still growing. How about that? Okay. Well, you never stop growing, you know. And I really love the guys you have uh, uh, coordinating your ODP staff now. Coach Matlock and Coach Lazaro are, are frequent flyers on our show. And uh, how have y'all been getting along? <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, you know, I think uh, they've been probably the biggest asset to me, um, you know, in terms of being the eyes and ears of, of, the, of, if you will, Louisiana soccer, not only at the youth level where, you know, they've, they've gained a great reputation, but also at the high school level where, you know, their reputation is, is solidified. Um, so for me, it's been fantastic to be able to bounce ideas off of, you know, to, to have their resources and their experiences um, you know, reflected in what we're trying to do across the state. Um, you know, ODP is only just one element that I use them on, but, you know, I, I think both Ryan and, and Mark would tell you that, you know, I probably use them uh, as, if you will, uh, resource tools probably more often than um, I would say anyone else simply because of their ex expansiveness in the state of Louisiana. Okay, no argument here. 
And uh, with the, with the pandemic and everything, I, I noticed on the website that y'all kind of got the trial dates uh, ready to roll in October. Um, how optimistic are you of that? <laughs> Great question, Alan. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'd like to say that, you know, uh, it's like a casino, right? You know, we're all walking in. Uh, we're walking in with, with uh, a pocket full of money and we're hoping to walk out with two pocketfuls of money. Um, truth be told, my friend, um, <laughs> I really don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm going to say 50-50 at this stage. Um, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, we're making progress as a state. You know, we'll have to see what the latest numbers are, see what the governor thinks, um, you know, see what the, the colleges and universities and the high schools um, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, and to be truthful, I'll be the first one to tell you I have I haven't the slightest idea. I haven't the slightest idea. So I'm, I'm going to go with 50/50 if that's okay. Yes, yeah, kind of. It's more than okay. I, I guess that was more of a tongue-in-cheek question because, like, I have no idea what to expect. I'm I'm talking to you from my classroom right now, trying to get it all ready. And our mayor, could, our mayor, in, in one press conference, can cancel school as we know it immediately. So, you know, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's such a tentative world. But sooner or later, we're going to be on our feet. And uh, uh, what kind of what kind of um, grade would you give our ODP program right now? I used to coach in it. Um, yep. uh, like as as we stand as your as uh, in your starting blocks, uh, how, what kind of shape do you think it's in? Yeah, I, I think you know we we made some progress. You know, I, I think, um, you know, nationally, the, the program has made some changes, which has been good because it's starting to filter down to the state levels. Um, you know, we still have a lot of steps to go, um, but I think we've, we've begun to professionalize it, not only on, if you will, the perception side, but I think on the internal side by bringing Mark on and bringing Ryan on, <clears throat> they've really taken hold of kind of, if you will, a methodology that we want to focus on in our training. Um, so our training, I think, has become much more professional in what we want to achieve in those goals. Um, our scouting network is still growing in terms of how, how we can expand that. So that's, that's, a, that's a step that we, you know, we're starting to focus on because at the national level, that's the big swing. You know, right now, Alan, the, the, big, the big movement is to, to use scouting as kind of the, you know, if you will, a major tool in, in the selection process. So we're slowly getting there. I think we still have to use the tryout process because that ultimately, you know, there, there's a fail safe to try to the scouting process. And um, some players that look good because of a particular brand or particular team that they're on may not necessarily fit the model that we may be looking for um or may struggle when they're put in an uncomfortable position and i think that's really the the method that we're moving towards is a combination of of scouting and a combination of tryouts but more importantly I, you know one thing that ryan and, and mark emphasize to our staff which i which i love is let's make sure we put these players in some some different um environments to challenge them right because you know as a coach that those players that are in challenging environments or we'll use the term uncomfortable environments and, and still find ways to be successful will be successful at the top and so i think we're, we're starting to use those methodologies 
um, you know, uh, I would say more prevalent in our training environment for ODP. Sounds exciting, actually. And uh, I'm kind of curious, uh, everybody who's been listening to the show for years, they know where my brand is. I think one of the cures of of our national team is to try to make sure that our best athletes get on the field. And I think one of the hindrances of, of U.S. soccer is that we tend to uh, cater to those who could pay the tuition as opposed to, you know, kind of encouraging soccer as a sport of the people as it is in other countries. So I, I run a club where I try to get the kids playing at the highest level that we can offer in Louisiana, but without having to foot that bill. Um, Would you agree with that, or or do you think that scouting is going to overcome the fact that a lot of these kids are playing basketball and football? (laughs) Nah, look, I think think that's a major hurdle, you know, and and unfortunately, you know, uh, we're a culture of consumption. So, you know, there's been studies done throughout throughout years for, for at least 20 years that people have this perceived value when you put money to it. You know, and unfortunately, it's trickled down into sports, right, into youth sports. Um, I think scouting can help, right? Um, the, the issue is, is once that player scouted, what's next, right? Right. Um, and unfor- it, uh, unfortunately, you know, what's next always becomes a dollar amount. Uh, the, the hope, if I can answer your question this way, the hope is that this partnership that USU Soccer has delved into with MLS that they'll help provide some funding for players, or at least a pool of funds um, to to access in terms of a resource for top players to move forward. I can't speak on that, unfortunately, Alan. You know, the details are still TBA, um, but you hope that's the direction. Um, but I do agree with you that the National Scouting Network uh, has always struggled with that element because of the fact that, you know, uh, young, young, promising athletes uh, are not staying with soccer, or um, you know, uh, if you're getting involved in soccer at what we would call the golden years, right? You yeah. know, the tens, elevens, twelves, and thirteens. And let's be honest, you know, that's the the market. I would say we need to focus on nationally in terms of exactly what you mentioned which is finding resources that keep them in, to, in, in the sport or entry into the sport. Um, until we solve that problem, Alan, I think you know, we'll be having long discussions about whether or not how successful we're going to be at the international level. I agree. Do you think we're ever going to get to the point where a 10-year-old signs a contract uh, for Barcelona and is developed by Barcelona and they have the rights to sell them off to another club? Do you think MLS will get that sophisticated one day? Uh, I mean, well, here's the positive. We, we, we are fortunate to have players across, across the world. We have a young kid, Fuentes, <clears throat> Del Fuentes, uh, an American in Barcelona um, at the moment. But um, in terms of us being able to sell players um, and, and youth clubs gaining some form of those, uh, if you will, restitution for it, that's a tough one. I mean, right now, uh, U.S. Soccer and MLS has agreed that you can get restitution for, you know, um, MLS to MLS. The problem, as you know, is um, what if, for example, Louisiana Fire, Mandeville, or Baton Rouge, or Cajun Rush develop a kid, and that kid gets to, gets to go play at Tottenham Hotspurs? Well, 
unfortunately, because they're not MLS clubs, what happens? They don't get anything. Right. You know, so um, I personally think that would be the game changer, Alan, in my personal opinion. I mean, let's take an example of uh, Yedlin, right? Um, You know, or even a Dempsey. Think of the amount of money those youth clubs now could have that could turn around and exercise those resources to offer, you know, uh, reduced fees, if you will, right. for players. Right. You know, you 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 could be talking upwards of, you know, let, let, let's call it ninety thousand dollars. Ninety thousand dollars goes a long way for a youth club. <laughs> I'd take nine. <laughs> oh, that sounds. Uh, I, I I appreciate that. I, I think that's that, that to me helps resolve. It won't solve the pay-to-play model, Alan, but I help, I think it helps resolve some of those issues. Until that happens, uh, you know, we could scout until our face turns blue. You and I could be on the road, you know, 360 days out of the year. But at the end of the day, until those youth clubs are able to access some of those resources, it's going to be very challenging because you know as well as I do, there's expenses, right? And you have to pay those expenses um, somehow. And if all of a sudden you you can get a $90,000 windfall, as we mentioned, that that goes a long way to cover a a lot of expenses and to subsidize fees for players. So... That's a dream come true. It, it would really increase people's motivation, you know, to instead of pocket money and charge more, develop more, and then the money will come later. You know, it sounds really yep. exciting to me. So, well, I'll tell you what, I've, I've maybe gone over the line that I promised you I would go over, but it's so far this has been an exciting interview, and I hope that uh, your stay so far in Louisiana has been more than pleasant, and in that kind of a vision could really get us all working together a whole lot more than the uh, division we've seen recently, especially in the New Orleans area. Um, what what area? Like, have you been to all the areas now? Um, you know, I was fortunate before the pandemic in October, November to kind of uh, kind of take a loop of the state from the eastern side of, you know, New Orleans, Mandeville, um, Franklinton, all the way across to uh, Lafayette, Alexandria, and Shreveport, and Minden. Um, I was actually in the process of doing another loop. I'm a a huge fan, Alan, of face-to-face contact um, because I think it offers a lot in terms of um, not only, if you will, kind of emotional support, but I think, too, just to kind of see the sport, right? Because every area... You know, you know as well as I do, every area has different challenges and different obstacles. Yes. And from my standpoint, I'd like to see what those obstacles are before I can offer help. Or, you know, I mean, I, I can't offer the same, band-aid, the same Band-Aid I would, say, New Orleans to maybe, uh, you know, a, a group in Shreveport because the obstacles and challenges are different. Um, so I've had, I've had the pleasure of one loop around the state. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to, when this thing settles down, to get a, another loop and to you know expand my horizons, if you will, across the state. Yeah, and I, I grew I grew up here, and I'm going to tell you, uh, the regions are one thing. You could you can make a region all you want to, but there's a huge difference really between one set of railroad tracks. You know, you can you can cross. <laughs> you know, the challenges are different within a two minute walk away from each other. So, yeah, that's it's going to take some investment. I, I'll do my part to try to help you. I've already skinned that cat a little bit, and uh, um, 
anyway, and this is an avenue for you to reach out to everybody. That's why we've kept the show on the air. So you're always invited to be on with us. Um, uh, I, 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 yeah, I'd welcome to come back. And, you know, while we're here, I'd welcome people to contact me. If they want to just shoot me an email, I, I'm, I'm always in the mood to have a conversation about how we can make the state better. Um, you know, for me, it's a, it's more of a learning process. I, I need to know what the challenges are before I can help resolve them, you know. And being the new person, um, I encourage people to contact me. And so far, I've had a great response of people just offering ideas, offering, you know, um, information. Um, you know, again, I, I, I defer back to guys like Ryan and Mark who, who have been great um, in terms of uh, just, if you will, I would say a great cross section of resources for me, you know? Um, so, you know, the more, the more information I have, the better I can do my job. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I was on ODP with, uh, coach Sabian and, uh, when Ryan was still wearing his diapers, you know, and, uh, in the <laughs> ODP ranks and we've come a long, long way. I will tell you that, uh, uh, what you might be looking at the things we need to develop and you have no idea how bad it was. Uh, 25 years ago compared to now so we have come a long way but you know as well as I do we have a long way left to go you know yeah and, and look you know Louisiana got you know that you've had some great players come through like Jason Christ and Mullins and, and Tarbell uh, at the Columbus crew you know and I, I think there's there's opportunities right we have the resources we're, we're an athletic state in terms of our youth market the question is, is again, um, what kind of resources do we have, on, you know, not only on the coaching side, but also on the financial side to make sure that our sport is, uh, if you will, uh, open to everyone, regardless of, of price, right? Hmm. Regardless yeah. of economics. So um, how we solve that, Alan, you know, it won't be solved overnight, but hopefully through conversations like this, through people like you and, and Ryan and, and Mark, We'll, we'll get closer and closer. I'm all in. Uh, you have the microphone. Anything you want to tell the state besides uh, how, the, how, well, tell them how they can get in touch with you, first of all. <laughs> yeah, the best way to get in touch with me is <clears throat> through uh, uh, playlouisianasoccer.org is our website. You can find my uh, email address there. Shoot me an email. Um, and then, you know, if we need to, we can have conversations. But that would be the best way. And then uh, from there, <clears throat> you know, I think the, the the best thing we can do as a state, and it's one of the things that I try and stress is let, let's just communicate. I think what I'm finding, and, it, and it's true not only here in Louisiana, but I think it's growing across the country when it comes to soccer, is everyone's getting into their own silo, Alan. You know, everyone believes that somehow or another they have the, the secret recipe to the secret sauce. Um, <laughs> and and I'm, I'm here to tell you there is no secret recipe. You know, my experience tells me that there isn't any, but what you can do is you can learn from each other. You know, that's not to say that what works in New Orleans is going to work in Shreveport or Lafayette, but there's resources that where we can learn from each other. And look, <clears throat> the, the biggest thing I tell people is this, when we have a player that is successful, you know, and that success is defined for me two ways, Alan. One, they can he or she moves on to the youth national team or the professional ranks, right? Or that player decides to step away from soccer but maintains a passion and interest in soccer and maybe becomes the governor of Louisiana or a senator or a representative and shows support to us, 
right? Those are two ways we define success. In order for us to get there, we have to be communicative across the entire state to make sure that we're developing the person and the player. Um, and I think the more we share, right, the better we're going to be. Well, until we get to the model you were talking about earlier, everybody's in their silos because, unfortunately, people are focused, uh, that people in the general public are focused on W's and L's and not development. And, and until, um, you know, Lafayette and New Orleans could agree that, okay, well, if we share ideas, we're going to develop our players better, and then these pro teams are going to come down and, and uh, compensate us for all this development. You know, I mean, that that's... That's a win-win, you know. Um, I, I've noticed in football, you can get two coaches from two rival clubs, and you put you put a, a, a napkin on a table, they'll talk till the napkins full because they know that they know that they got to change for the next year, so uh, you can learn from each other. But I don't think we've really got that camaraderie among coaches uh, yet in Louisiana, although we've made some strides, you know, with our coaches association. But I think everybody's trying to hold that ace card in their pocket so that they can beat each other so they can stay, quite frankly, in business. You agree or no? Yeah, I think it is challenging. I think it is. I think there's there's people that want to help, but they're fearful, right? Because unfortunately, you know, and I think what you're getting at is, you know, every youth player uh, is considered a dollar, right? Yeah. If you lose that, right? If, if, if I lose a player at 15, 16, and they go to another club, that's a dollar amount that I've lost. And look, I understand and I appreciate the business side of things, but ultimately, you know, it's to me, it's about, um, it, it's about a larger picture than that. You know, players will come and go. What you want to do is be able to instill certain values. And, um, you know, if a player from Louisiana finds success, at the top in terms of soccer or even find success in terms of like, a, as I mentioned before, a career, but yet they, they, they still maintain a passion for the sport. You know what, that's great. That's great. And there's, well, what we need to do is we need to share in that victory, right? We need to share in that victory because not, not every player is gonna reach the, if you will, the pearly gates of professional soccer. But what we can do is we need to start to recognize the fact that we're all here to make sure that young athletes become good citizens and good people, right? And um, I think if that is your first core principle of being a coach, then, you know, the business side will take care of itself. I fully agree, Coach. Um, This has been a very, a very um, encouraging conversation. Uh, uh, you don't really hear that very much. That uh, that if you if you develop character, the winning takes care of itself. You know, and uh, if that's uh-huh. your focus. And and uh, uh, anyway, I've I've done my I've I've established my career with that principle. I've fallen off the train a couple of times, and and uh, with all the pressure that's out there but to me there's no other way to do it and uh and if we got a director of our coaching with that philosophy it's gonna make doing things right a lot easier to do so i appreciate that um anytime alan anytime and hopefully we'll be able to sit down and have have some coffee and beignets one at one point (laughs) face to face uh, but in the meantime you know feel free i'd love to get back on and uh you know if, if there's other guests guests uh persons that you know you want to create a forum 
I'd be more than happy to uh, provide whatever resource or information I can for you as well as the state of Louisiana. Thank you very much. And uh, before you sign off, let's repeat again how these coaches and uh, club directors can access that branding session. Yeah, uh, go to the uh, webpage, um, Louisiana Soccer. Uh, sorry, PlayLouisianaSoccer.org. Um, you know, there, there's some documentation there. If they want to access uh, the webinars and, and things of that sort, you can email me directly, and I can provide the passcodes. Um, you know, we we do our best to provide as much information as possible on our website. We we just updated it, so I, I I'll be the first one to tell you, Alan. We haven't we haven't made all the migration yet, but we're in the process. So if there's anything missing, feel free to email me directly. And we'll we'll help resolve it. Thank you, Coach, and I wish you the best of luck in uh, in times right now and good health. Yep. Thank you very much. Stay safe uh, and uh, stay healthy, and God bless, Alan. God bless you too. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, everybody, and that was a really, really positive conversation. Uh, um, kind of one of those conversations where you might want to listen to it twice uh, and and to chew on it. And um, if if uh, we all can row, row together with that model, um, who knows how much of a success we can be for the development of our players. Everybody says they're in it for the players, and just like a politician saying, I'm in it for the American people, well, then why are we fighting so much? You know, what's best? I mean, what, what's best should be what's best. And uh, uh, if we're feel, feeling this pressure to win, uh, then, you know, it's going to be hard to cooperate. But if we're getting support from higher levels, um, we can cooperate a whole lot more. Because really, what happens on the playing field is not going to be as much as what's happening on the developmental squad. Like the developmental coaches in Barcelona, they're, they're going to be evaluating how well of an 18-year-old they developed as opposed to how many tournament championships they won. Who cares, you know, from Barcelona's point of view. And so it's something really, really good to chew on, a new idea, and uh, uh, to see if we can maybe implement that. I don't know if he's that bold, but I'm getting a lot older, and and I really want to see a uh, a solution to this problem, getting the poor on the field, not just dragging them on the field, but making them want to play, and um, and developing players to their fullest potential without having to worry about the bottom line. Uh, as we speak now, we're talking about tournaments that cost seven hundred dollars a team. They, that, that that's just outrageous um when you're talking about the poor there's no way most of us can afford to send all of our teams and moderate level clubs and it makes it a party for for the big clubs you know and uh, in reality who knows where that diamond in the rough is going to be um to, to make the national team and um and one thing i really appreciated about what he was talking about is that shouldn't be the focus the focus should be what is best for this player and we have to question ourselves, are we doing that? Do we uh, really and truly looking ourselves in the mirror, eye to eye, are we really doing what's best for the player or what's best for the player in context of what's best for us? Okay, and there's a difference between the two and uh, could be the reason why we have so many problems in our society, especially in marriages. You know, if you're focused on how you can get better from the marriage, you've totally missed the boat and that marriage is really doomed um, we have to be focused on the other. And that comes with values and ethics and morals and 
all those things I think that uh, athletics provides a really rich environment to teach and um, and especially in this really crazy time in some ways very very exciting time of changing some of the bad things that we've been tolerating for years and years uh, this could be a really good time for the moral development of our country and it would be good if soccer uh, is part of the leadership of that not just a follower anyway that's going to do it um, what a show um, I, I wish it, appreciate all your comments it would be nice to get a good blog going on this one you can find our Monday Night Football thread on um, playlouisianasoccer.org or you can ask me direct questions or post your comments on MNFUTPOL on, on Facebook and Twitter and we'll be glad to get back in touch with you because this is your voice for youth soccer Monday Night Football. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, wishing you and your family the best. God bless you and talk to you again in the next